You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This year marks the 20th anniversary of September 11th, 2001. 2,996 innocent lives were taken that day when American Airlines Flight 175, American Airlines Flight 11, and United 93 crashed in the terrorist attacks. More than 6,000 people were injured, and the number of lives harmed since then is incalculable. But how much is a life worth? What amount can you put on a human life to bring peace to those left behind? What can a lawyer give those who have lost everything to make them feel better? Where the law is concerned, this number actually has an answer. There is a dollar amount, and is that number fair? Can any amount ever be fair? Well, it's not about fair, is it? Fair isn't the goal for lawyers. It's finish the case and move on. And that is exactly what the movie Worth asks us to consider. Worth is a 2020 biopic directed by Sarah Colangelo from a screenplay by Max Borenstein. It stars Michael Keaton, Amy Ryan, Stanley Tucci, Tate Donovan, Shunora Ramanathan, and Laura Benanti. Following the horrific 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center and Pentagon, Congress appoints attorney and renowned mediator Kenneth Feinberg, played by Michael Keaton, to lead the September 11th Victims' Compensation Fund. Assigned with allocating financial resources to the victims of the tragedy, Feinberg and his firm's head of operations, Camille Byros, played by Amy Ryan, face the impossible task of determining the worth of a life to help the families who have suffered immeasurable losses. When Feinberg locks horns with Charles Wolfe, played by Stanley Tucci, a community organizer mourning the death of his wife, his initial cynicism turns to compassion as he begins to learn the true human cost of the tragedy. I am TCD Witt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined today by Melina. Hello. And Bradley. Hello. No jokes here, folks. Not that we can't find a reason to smile when discussing this film or we won't be critical where appropriate, but this isn't exactly a review that should kick off with a dumb gag. Arguable, but I'm just not that funny. I could agree with the no dumb gag for a review of what the human being is worth. No one signed up for this except for you two, and it needed a third. And I just saw your two names and the title of the movie, and I decided to sign up for it. I didn't watch the trailer, I didn't read the synopsis, and I didn't have any idea what this movie was going to be. I knew you two were doing the review and I just wanted to do it with you. Aww, (laughs) I'm blushing. (laughs) Me too. So as the movie opens with sound effects of overlapping voices over black, we then cut to a woman speaking to the camera about loss and death. And then it cuts to Michael Keaton as a professor in a law class discussing the question on the board. What's a life worth? 
and he has this light, almost uh, glib conversation with his students about a hypothetical where a farmer is killed on his land. And you, you up there, you're going to be the grieving wife. And you over there, you're going to be a lawyer who is being sued. And it's this humorous conversation about the cost of life. So I didn't know where this movie was going to go. And then I saw the CD player and the cell phones and we're in New York and they're introducing characters like a first responder and you see an airplane flying overhead. And I started to worry that this was going to be a movie about what I think it was going to be about. And then it very quickly is. If you come into this blind, then yeah, it can definitely throw you for a loop because yeah, 9-11 is definitely one of those topics that even 20 years later is still extremely fresh to people. And I would argue always should be. And that was primarily the reason why I wanted to jump onto this review myself. I've really enjoyed Michael Keaton past couple years. He seemed to be making a huge comeback. Well, I guess since Birdman or more popular since Spider-Man Homecoming. So I'm mm. like, yeah, you know, that guy's really hitting it out of the park. I enjoyed the founder as well, even though it's a bit boring. So I thought maybe we won't get a third and I'll be like, Hey, I did my part by making sure the voices of these filmmakers were heard when they were trying to tell a 9-11 story. And then TC, you jumped on and I was like, damn it. Now I got to talk about this depressing movie. (laughs) Yeah, we should also mention, and I'm mentioning this movie not just because Michael Keaton was in fact in it. It's one of my absolute favorite movies with him. One of my favorite movies, period. But one that I will compare this movie to more than once, I'm sure, over the course of this review. And that's Spotlight. Spotlight. Yes. I felt hints of that and The Post or even The Big Short Mm -hmm. just in this very real and fresh wound on America being portrayed in a film that I'd group all those movies together in. But where all those movies tend to be a bit showy with needle drops and some fancy camera work, this movie had zero exploitation to the subject matter. It's sad and real and raw. And it's about these very real people. And it's only a sampling of the pain, the very... Mm -hmm real and massive amount of pain that was suffered immediately after by all these families and survivors. I give a lot of credit to the director, Sarah. uh, Colangelo? I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I apologize if I'm butchering your name. (laughs) You you did better than me. At least you took a shot at it. I was like, it sounds mildly Italian, so it's what I'm going to Colangelo. No? No, good. (laughs) (laughs) She does this very cool nuanced choice in her framing and her direction. I don't know if I was just looking for it, but as soon as I noticed it, I couldn't unsee it. Throughout the entire film, there are columns and vertical lines in the shadows and the props and the set decoration. A lot of times in pairs, too, in nearly every shot of this movie, there is this representation that is evocative of the two towers. And I think that was a bold and cool choice. Especially if it was a deliberate choice. It had to be. That is definitely one of the smarter thematic decisions that they make in this. We mentioned Spotlight. I thought about that movie constantly, not just because Michael Keaton and Stanley Tucci, but I think that structure-wise, this was almost identical to that. Just the way that the acts are separated, the way that it's very subdued in how it handles kind of relaying the information to the viewer. And even at the end, 
when they do the title sequence towards the end where they do all the little postscript telling you what happened afterward, what these characters did during and what the effect of all this was. And I was like, yeah, this really does almost down to just the soundtrack and the cinematography feel like it was cut from that exact same cloth. But a movie that I would compare this to, I think, closer in quality would probably be The Post. It's not showy like that, but I do feel like it is closer to that in that it's a great story that I don't really think is incredibly well told. And I could be alone on that. I never saw The Post. I'm not even sure what that's about. Some sort of scandal, I'm guessing. Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. It was pretty much all the president's men, just except it was The Washington Post. Well. This film is about an actuary, and if you've ever talked to an actuary, spot on, Michael Keaton does brilliant work, because he's very, I'm just here to talk about the numbers. (laughs) That was very genuine, and he could have been such a silly character, but he put a lot of heart into this, well, man, who existed, of course, Ken Feinberg, but also at the same time... Let's run these numbers. That's not exactly breathtaking cinema, even when the subject matter is something that we should all strive to learn more about. Mm -hmm. What makes something like Spotlight work and what makes All the President's Men work so well is that they both revolve around something that everyone, regardless of their age and political agenda, religious views, all know very much about. And it's affected the way that we view the country, the way that we view the Catholic Church. But it's not really, none of them are hatch jobs. They don't really have agendas, so to speak, as much as they are really just about what's going on behind the scenes in this institution that is trying to cover this basically cultural phenomenon. And while it, I think, is so striving to be what those movies are, I thought its biggest mistake was that it was trying to report, but it also, I thought, had an agenda. It had a point that it was trying to push. And I think that they tried to focus too much on, is this right? Is this wrong? Instead of actually delving into the complexities that make it so that while this was not anyone's favorite solution, it was the only one that was going to work. And why it was ultimately something that why we're supposed to feel good that it worked in the end. Oh, I absolutely agree. By the end, the music cues were kind of having this somber triumph. And what resulted from this being the first steps to more somber triumphs. But the scroll that came with that made me feel, wow, humanity kind of sucks, huh? Yeah. And I don't think that was the point of the film, so... Yikes. I kept worrying this was going to drop the ball to reach a point of that exploitive nature, but I never felt like it crossed any lines. Like something like World Trade Center with Nick Cage, which came out way too soon after, the way this was able to safely navigate in a very compassionate way was to focus on a very few amount of characters. There are only five or six fully fledged characters in this and the rest of the people we see are representative of the survivors and the grieving as a whole and we get a look at the humanity and the sorrow through a very few amount of people but the monologues are beautifully handled and the conversations about this horror are so well done I would have liked more of it, actually. I would have liked to see more interviews and more people coming in and sharing 
their sorrow. Why I really wish that they had actually kind of gone more into explaining how this worked, which I feel like it's very vague in that sense in terms of how they actually came up with the formula that would ultimately decide what the victims and the bereaved of those who had died were eligible for in compensation. I actually wanted to understand that more. I wanted them to go into that more because I feel like if it had, you would have understood and been more on Michael Keaton's side because now you know there's so many gray areas to this. This is so incredibly complex. He is absolutely working within the confines of what he is allowed to do in the system as it exists. I thought from the very beginning, the movie was very clear on that. The way that he views it is he's not a hero. He knows that. He's a lawyer. He's doing his job. He knows that the system is extremely flawed. And he knows that he is not going to be able to make anyone completely happy because all that you could really do at that point is bring the people who were lost back. That's all any one of these people want. And they're like, we know that we can't give them that. And therefore, nothing we do is going to make them happy. But unfortunately, I was never not on his side as a result of him knowing that from the beginning. I'm with you this whole time, and I understand that you are between a rock and a hard place. And I feel like there's a point where the film wants you to not be with him. They want you to be more on Stanley Tucci's side. And I was like, well, I would maybe if I understood fully why Stanley Tucci's character is so opposed to this. Instead of him just constantly being like, well, Michael Keaton, you just don't get it. I don't really have anything against you, but you just don't understand. And I was like, well, I want to know what he doesn't understand. Like, what is it he needs to fix? What could they have done that was better? And I feel like the movie doesn't answer that. Yeah. And it kind of is hard to watch with not just the events of 20 years ago, but the events of two years ago when these politicians are like, we got to protect the airlines. The airlines are more important than people. And I'm like, oh, this old chestnut again. Tate Donovan basically oh, plays the face of that line of thinking. We do get a member of the Bush administration. Yeah, Ashcroft. Uh, right, Ashcroft. I, I'm just a neutral party. I'm just mediating between you and the airline suit. And it's so goddamn frustrating to see mm-hmm. people who only care about the investors or the bottom line get a little more to the people at the top. They deserve it. And it just it hit not on just things from two years ago, like you mentioned, Bradley, but yeah. even more recent things like pulling out of Afghanistan or the last 2020. And we're seeing behind the curtain and the horrible bean counters. Right. There. Like yeah. we're led yeah. into like this private meeting ooh, where these secret figures of renowned power are like, this will tank the economy if we help civilians out. And, you know, I was like, will it though? Are we actually supposed to believe that? And I guess we were. The movie insists that we have to believe that or there's no stakes to these deadlines that are set up. Sure. And that kind of, it just put me in a bad mood, even though, full disclosure, I'm no economist. To piggyback off of what you were saying about him dealing with Ashcroft, who, of course, was the attorney general in 2001 during the Bush administration. Very, very uh, famous, hardcore conservative. But I think one of the things that the movie does do that I appreciate it is that it goes out of its way, I think, to not try to vilify Republicans, which is, I understand, not a very hard thing to do. It doesn't take the clumsy way or the easy way where it says, hey, look at all the Republicans making the wrong decisions and all the Democrats making the great ones. Because another person who does come in here, and I didn't even know it was supposed to be him at first, but Ted Kennedy 
is in the room when they are all having their initial conversation of what do we do? Where do we go forward from this? And he's one of the big proponents of make sure that these people don't sue the airlines. Let's just try to compensate them and just try to make this as easy for people as possible. And you're like, it's a controversial decision on both sides. This enlightened me to a part of history that I'd never given much thought to because I was so far removed from the actual event living in Wisconsin at the time. Not that it didn't affect me, but I can imagine that being in New York or being on the East Coast made it a thousand times harder to live through. It did make me fascinated in this, and I'm sure there are documentaries out there that could enlighten me more. But as far as 9-11 movies go, I do think that this is one of the better ones. I feel like it's a genuine, heartfelt look at this specific moment and these specific people in history. This is a difficult and painful story about a tragedy that still hurts to this day. I think Sarah Colangelo did an impeccable job showing the nuances of this subject. Keaton is effortless. I see a nomination from this. I could definitely see it. I don't think the rest of the movie, not so much, but I think if there's anything to come away with, yeah, acting all around is pretty solid. Amy Ryan is great. Laura Benanti is so good. It's hard to believe that this is her first film after kicking ass on Broadway and winning Tonys for so long. Yeah, for sure. This is a mature and touching film. This is not for thrill seekers or anyone who isn't still moved by the memories of September 11th. This is a movie that will ask you to take stock of your life and maybe ask you to think about why and how we make the small decisions we make. This movie is about processing, processing grief as much as the process of the law. It's a complicated web. Life is a complicated web. Nothing is ever so easy that it can fit in some list or a rubric. The people in this, the ones we follow, are struggling to do what they feel is right, and like any moral and decent human, they change in the process. Like so much in 9-11, this story is sticking with me. Maybe not the movie as a whole, but the story itself. And I'm really glad I got a chance to watch this, especially going in without any information and leaving it, enjoying it so much and being so moved by it. So I'm going to give this 7 out of 10. No joke here, just that's it. That's (laughs) Uh, Bradley, why don't you go ahead and share your final thoughts? Well, it's a very difficult subject matter to talk about, and it should be talked about. There are segments throughout this whole film where we actually do hear from the victims, benefactors, survivors, and I think those are really important stories. There's one survivor whose story ends terribly, and it made me feel sick for a long time after the film was over. But wow, what an important thing, though, to hear and to feel sick about. He was denied a claim for such a stupid reason. I really, I guess I really like Michael Keaton. I think it's a great performance there as well. I always like to watch Stanley Tucci and Mark Maron's in this. I always like, hey, there's Mark Maron. Yay for him. He is? Yeah. Yeah, just briefly, he plays Bart Cuthbert. <laughs> I did not know that was him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they all do such a good job at kind of shadowing their big personalities to play these real people, which, again, credit to the director and the cast. I didn't even recognize Amy Ryan because she has the dark hair and the credits came up. And I thought, well, that was her the whole time. Exactly. Isn't that crazy? I'm very conflicted about this. 
I think one of the most important lessons anyone can learn that I can teach my kids is people are just people. People make mistakes. They don't live fairy tale lives. Empathy and compassion is important. This film airs out some dirty laundries for people who died on that day. And nothing shows my lesson that I just said and how important it is than airing out someone's dirty laundry who needs to be respected because they deserve to live. But also, is that crossing a line, airing out dirty laundry of someone who passed away? It's one of the most horrific, tragic, random events in our nation's history. That's insane, right? But it made me very uncomfortable to watch. I don't think it crosses a line either into exploitation, though. So I'm going to end it there and say this is 7 out of 10 rejected deadlines from Congress and further legislation to approve more deadlines to later reject <laughs> down the line. Yikes. Thus is the system we live in. I thought it started off pretty strongly. I thought it actually did a great job of kind of creating the foundation for how this bill is supposed to work, how this fund is supposed to work, what the stakes are for getting it through and what the stakes are if it doesn't go through. Keaton as an actor, I thought all of them actually so perfectly carry that frustration and that sense of desperation of how important this is. And the people who are going to benefit from this are kind of its worst enemy because they don't like the way it works. How do you get people to sign on for something that needs them to do it in order to survive if they feel like you don't see them, you don't understand them. I do appreciate about this movie, and I think easily its highest points, other than the performances, all have to do with dealing with these people and how they're all expressing grief that is so fresh and horrific. Unfortunately, I think it makes the mistake of trying to push this message that I never really understood why it was doing that. I think that it makes the point from the very beginning that yes, the system is screwed and we know that we're not trying to be heroes here. We're just trying to give you not what you want, but what you need. I feel like the movie doesn't want you to look at it from their side or agree with them on that. And I was like, I just never didn't agree. That was my biggest problem with it. And I just didn't, as a result, feel it was very engrossing. Like some of the great films like Spotlight are when they tell this kind of a story. So I'm going to give this six and a half out of 10 opera CDs that maybe you should turn down if you're on a train because you're going to miss some shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't really know how to wrap up a review like this when talking about such a serious subject matter. But with the anniversary being just after this is released or maybe even on the day we release this review, it's always a good time to appreciate the loved ones you have in your life and understand that we never know. Mm -hmm. We never know how much time we'll have. So do your best to love one another and be kind and stay safe out there. Thanks, everyone.